You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast. Well, if you have your Bibles, you can take those, grab your sermon notes. Again, great to have all the folks joining us online this morning, wherever you're at around the world. Good to have you with us this morning. Today, we're, we're continuing this series that we've been in, our summer series called Unsung Heroes. And today, we're going to look into the story of an ordinary woman by the name of Rebecca who created uh, like this extraordinary opportunity through our service. Now, I know I say this all the time, um, but this, again, is one of like my favorite Bible stories. And it's one of my favorite Bible stories because in the midst of like this mundane day, in the midst of this ordinary day, in the mundane experience, God kind of shows up and does something pretty amazing. And I happen to believe that's what he wants to do every day in your life. That's why I encourage you all the time, listen, live in expectation. And be looking, be anticipating. Why? Because God wants to show up like in the ordinary places of your life to reveal his greatness in and through your life, just like he did for Rebecca. So this morning we're going to talk about the concept of of servanthood as we look into the story of Rebecca. But as you think about what's applauded in our world today, um, service or servanthood is not at the top of the list. We applaud what? In our culture today, we applaud success. Would you agree with that? We applaud accomplishments. And now, there's nothing wrong with success, and there's nothing wrong with accomplishments. Actually, I believe that God wants you to be successful. I believe God wants you to have accomplishments in your life. I mean, He's given you gifts and abilities. He's created you for a purpose. So nothing wrong with success or accomplishments. However, I think the problem comes when we become so focused on pursuing success that we lose sight of the priority of service. That's the challenge. We're so focused on accomplishing that we lose sight of this whole concept of of what God's called us to, being that of living our life in service to others. You know, I think it's interesting that just before Jesus faced the cross, just before he went to the cross, um, he celebrated the Passover with the disciples. The story is recorded in John 13. So here's Jesus, the Son of God and very God, who takes the towel in the basin. And what does he do? He washes the disciples' feet. I mean, think about that. He takes this lowest position, the position of like the house servant, and he goes disciple to disciple. He washes their feet. As he comes to the end of this exercise, he asks this question. He says, do you know what I've done for you? And they're like, well, you washed their feet. No, he says, no, I've given you a model. In other words, I've, I've, I've given you a picture of what it looks like as to how you should live and how you should lead. He says, as I have washed your feet, so you should wash one another's feet. And it's interesting, if you look in John 13, Jesus says, it's there when you do this, when you do what I've done, as you serve others, it's there that you will be blessed. Blessed. Now, how many of you would say that you want to be blessed in your life? If I could raise my other leg, I would. I'm all in. I'm all in. I, I, I like being blessed by God. I like the favor of God flowing my direction. And the scripture says, Jesus clearly says, he says, you're going to be blessed if you do this. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed if you serve. 
And not only was Jesus giving the disciples and each of us a, a model to follow, but he was giving us the path to greatness and the path to blessing. It's not through seeking to be served, but it's through choosing to be a servant to others. It's not through seeking positions or titles, but seeking to live our lives with a, with a servant mentality. Hey, Jesus wants us to be great, but he's given us the way to greatness. And the way to greatness is through dying to ourselves. The way to greatness is through giving our lives in service. So as a matter of fact, in Matthew 20, 26, Jesus said, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be last. He goes on to say, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So according to Jesus, the way to greatness is through service. And the way we become like Jesus is through serving others. So we, we were... We were saved to serve. We were created to serve. We were called to serve. To be used. Now, a few, few months ago, I, I pulled a, a flashlight out of a desk drawer. And I flipped the switch to turn the flashlight on. And it didn't work. It didn't surprise me that it didn't work. But it, the light didn't come on. And so I unscrewed the end of the flashlight. And I turned it up. And I, I you know, was trying to shake the battery. And the batteries wouldn't come out. So I had to get like a knife um, out of the kitchen drawer. Don't tell my wife I did that, but I got a knife out of the kitchen drawer, and I, I finally I got the batteries out of the flashlight, and they were all like corroded. The battery acid, it, you know, the batteries were were ruined. The, the flashlight was pretty much ruined. Um, and I was thinking about it. Wow, you know, the batteries are new when I put them in the flashlight. And I put the flashlight in a nice dry place in the drawer. Uh, like, what's the deal? And then I realized, well, batteries were created to be used. They were created like to turn the light on and use the light. And then I thought, wow, that's kind of the way we were made. Hey, God didn't create us be, to be like safe, comfortable, stored away in some nice place. No, he created us to be turned on. He created us to be used. And it's in that that we find purpose. It's in that that we, that we discover uh, joy in our lives. And it's through this whole concept of, of living our lives in service to others. See, through service, we discover greater joy, greater fulfillment, and greater purpose. And this is what I know about humanity today. Is that everybody wants greater joy, greater purpose, and greater fulfillment. doesn't matter who you talk to. doesn't matter age. doesn't matter ethnicity. doesn't matter their, their cultural background. Every human being today wants what? They want greater purpose, greater fulfillment, and greater joy. How do we get that? It comes to us as we serve, as we give our lives in service to others. Well, you see, measuring life by what others do for us may disappoint us, but measuring life but what we do for others is going to add more meaning to our lives. It kind of like, it's like filling our tank. It's in that that we discover great joy. Some years ago, some years ago, Dr. Carl Menninger, who's the famed psychiatrist, um, was asked this question. He's being interviewed, and they asked this question. Said, so Dr. Menninger, if someone was on the brink of like um, a nervous breakdown, if they were right on the edge of a nervous breakdown, what advice would you give them? And this is what Dr. Menninger said. He said, I would tell them to leave their home, shut the door behind them, go across the tracks, and find someone to serve. Interesting. 
Here's a man who knows a lot about how the mind works, a lot of, about how the emotions work. And he says, in that state, I would encourage them to go serve someone. Why? Because through service, again, what do we discover? We discover purpose, fulfillment, joy. We, we discover greater value in life. Interesting, as we give ourselves in service. And here's the great thing about service. Everyone in the room today can serve. Everyone in the room today can serve. It's, it's, it's not like singing. How many of you know everyone can't sing? I'm proof of that. Not everyone can play a musical instrument. Not everyone can preach. Not everyone can um, build a race car. Not everyone can build a house. Not everyone can restore a computer. But here's the phenomenal thing about service. Everyone can be great because everyone can serve. Now, turn to your neighbor and encourage them this morning. Say, hey, you can be great because you can serve. Go ahead and tell them. And that, that's the power, the power of serving. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. summarizes this truth well in a statement he made some years ago. Listen to what he wrote. He says, everybody can be great because everybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You don't have to know about Plato and Aristotle to serve. You don't have to know Einstein's theory of relativity to serve. You you don't have to know the second theory of thermodynamics to serve. You only need a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love. When we have a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love, it's then that we can freely live our lives in service to others. Well, this morning we're going to look into a story of, of a woman who models servanthood for us. And through her service, her, her life was dramatically changed. You know, let me give you a little background, and then we'll, we'll jump kind of into the story, midway through the story. But here's the context of the story. Abraham and Sarah have been given a son in the latter years of their life, the son of the promise, Isaac. God, God had promised them a son. If you remember, there was kind of like a time delay. So finally they have the son. And so Isaac grows up to be a fine young man. In the process of time, Sarah dies. The mom dies. And Abraham realizes, wow, I probably should find a wife for my son. If everyone wanted grandkids, I mean, we've got to get a wife, right? And so Abraham calls his servant, because in this time, it was the parents who chose who their children were going to marry. I really like that. My kids don't like it, but I really like it. So Abraham calls his servant and says, hey, I I don't want Isaac to marry a Canaanite woman, the people that they were living among. He says, I don't want him to marry a Canaanite woman. I want him to marry someone from our homeland. So I want you to promise to me that you will go back to our homeland and you'll find the right wife for my son Isaac. And so as we pick up in the story, uh, we have the servant who has committed to serve Abraham, to serve Isaac, to go back to the homeland, to find there the right woman that would become the wife of Isaac. So let's pick up the story Uh, Genesis 24 is where we're at. Easy to get to Genesis. It's the first book. So if you open it to the first, you're there. Genesis 24, beginning with verse 10. 
Then the servant took ten of his masters. It's important, ten. You might want to underline the word ten. I'll come back to that. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and left, taking with him all kinds of good things from his master. He set out for Aram, Nehirim, and there made his way to the town of Nahor. He had the camels kneel down near the well outside the town. It was toward evening, the time that women go out to draw water. Then Abraham, then he prayed, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, give me success today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I'm standing beside the spring and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a girl, please let down your jar that I may have a drink, and she says, drink, and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one who have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Before he had even finished praying, Rebekah came out with her jar on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor. The girl was very beautiful, a virgin. No man had ever lain with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jar, and came up again. The servant, being Abraham's servant, hurried to meet her and said, Please give me a little water from your jar. Drink, my lord, she said, and quickly lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. After she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have finished drinking. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran back to the well to draw more water and drew enough for all his camels. Without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. So, so here in this story is a servant and he's prayed a pretty bold, specific prayer. Like, God, let it be the woman that I say, you know, give me a drink. And she gives me a drink and wants to water the camels. Well, uh, that'll be the one. And, and it's like before he even gets to the end of the prayer, here comes Rebecca. And not only is she a woman, but the scripture says she's beautiful. She's a virgin and she is available. And so this servant goes up to Rebecca and he says, hey, can I have a drink of water? Total stranger. Never met him before. Total stranger. May I have a drink of water? She says, hey, have a drink. And then as we read, uh, I'll water your camels as well. So this specific prayer was answered. And Abraham's servant realizes this is the one. This is the woman that's going to be the wife of Isaac. But, but what I love about this story is an ordinary day, uh, and an ordinary experience became a defining point for Rebecca because she chose to graciously serve a total stranger. It, it was our humble service that opened her life to greater, to greater opportunity. As a result of her humility and her willingness to serve, not only did Rebecca become the wife of Isaac, but she married into a really wealthy family. I mean, the scripture tells us that Abraham was a wealthy man. He had a lot of livestock. He had a lot of stuff. Who not only did she become the wife of Isaac, the daughter-in-law of Abraham, but if you study out like the lineage of Christ, you'll find that she became like the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus Christ. In other words, she went from like being a nobody into being a part of God's plan of redemption. And it all happened, it all happened through her simple act of service. So uh, let's talk for just a, a few minutes about 
about Rebecca's humble response. What, what can we learn from Rebecca? As I was reading this story, I think the first thing I saw is that Rebecca, um, Rebecca saw the need and she took initiative to act. I mean, it was in this ordinary day, in this ordinary mundane task that Rebecca was presented an opportunity. She goes to the well to get water like she had done who knows how many times before. I mean, it's evening when they would go get water, so they would have water throughout the night in the home. So just in this ordinary day, she's going to get water, what she's always kind of done. And there's an opportunity, and she sees the opportunity, and she takes initiative to act. And it's really important because what I know is that there's opportunities all around us. Would you agree with that? If you're married, how many of you are married? Raise your hand. If you're married, every day you have an opportunity. Would you agree with that? Men, you have an opportunity to serve your wife every day in multiple ways. Wives, you have an opportunity every day to serve your husband in your workplace. How many of you know there's opportunities? The opportunities abound. Every day in your workplace, there's individuals who uh, who you could in some way, in some form, I don't know what that would look like, but in some way, some form you could serve. Certainly in our community, what, there's, there's all kinds of opportunity. You know, and the problem is, is oftentimes we don't have eyes to see the opportunity. And if you don't have eyes to see, then obviously you're going to miss the opportunity. Or if you have eyes to see and you don't have the initiative to act, again, what, what's going to happen? You're going to miss the opportunity. The first thing I, I, I see in Rebecca in her story is, is she saw the need and she took the initiative to act. Listen, ideas are worthless and good intentions have no power. Plans are nothing unless, they, unless they're followed by action. But she saw the need and was willing to do something about it. Listen, if we're going to be like Jesus, who was the ultimate service, then we have to be willing to open our eyes to the opportunities to serve others. And we, and we must be willing to take the action to serve. Now, I mentioned earlier we have our all-star sports camp happening this week. As you came in, maybe you saw a bunch of stuff on the walls. All that's about what's going to happen this week. But think about this. We're going to have nine, 900, right at 900 children here on the campus. And they're going to have their lives positively impacted. Uh, there's going to be kids here who've never heard the gospel message for the first time, they're going to hear the gospel message this week, and it happens every year. This week, there's going to be 20, 30, 40, maybe 50 kids who's going to, who's going to open their lives to Jesus Christ. They're going to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And, and the miracle's going to happen, get this, because 240 people, give or take a few, saw the need and said, hey, we'll show up to serve. They saw, the, they saw the need. They saw the opportunity. And they said, hey, we are available. We'll be there. Now, I know for some of you, your schedules wouldn't make it. So don't feel bad if you can't serve. But think about that. 900 children's lives are going to be eternally impacted because 240 people saw the need and they said, I'm available. They saw the need and they stepped up like Rebecca. So first, we have to have eyes to see, and beyond that, we have to be willing to act. But if we look on in Rebecca's story, she didn't just serve, she really went the extra mile. She had what I would call an above and beyond mentality. Above and beyond. If you look back to 19 and 20, verse 19 and 20 in the story, Scripture says that after she had given the servant a drink, 
She said, I'll draw water for your camels as well. Get this, until until they've had all, all they want to drink. And then the scripture says, if you look, I think it's interesting. The scripture says that she ran back to the well. She didn't just kind of walk, oh no, i got to go get some more water. No, she ran to the well. And she began to carry water. Um, and what, she had this above and beyond mentality, not just to give the servant a drink, but, but this willingness to, to serve the camels as well. And she seemed to be saying in this story, Rebecca seemed to be saying, I'm going to do what you've asked me to do, and then I'm going to do more. Ask what you, I'm going to do what you asked me. Here's the water for you to drink. Oh, and by the way, let me water your camels as well. And one of the things I see happening in our culture today is, is this, there's, an, there's an attitude, there's a mentality. Maybe you've seen it in your workplace. But, but here's the attitude, the mentality, is today there's a mentality of people want maximum benefit with minimum effort. Have you seen that? It's like they want the paycheck, but they don't want to work. It's like, give me the money, but don't ask me to do anything. That mentality, if we're not careful, it's that very mentality that can slip into our lives, maybe as it relates to the marriage. I want the maximum benefit, but I want the minimum effort. Or the family. Or in your workplace. Oh, maximum benefit, but, but minimum effort. That's not where Rebecca was at. She was like, I want to go above and beyond. And you really don't see this in the story without understanding camels. And so to kind of illustrate this for you, I want to give you some, some camel watering calculations. Because if you don't get this, you just kind of read over the story. And it's like, well, that's nice. She watered his animals, right? But, so let me give you some information that kind of opens this whole story up for us. We know that there was, what, ten camels, right? Thank you. It makes me feel better when you talk to me. It's, like I, it's not like I'm just up here in time. Uh, ten camels, and if you, you can study this out, but for camels, if they were like all day on a journey, it would not be, um, it would not be unlike camels to drink, to take in 20 gallons of water. So think about that. Now, um, theology is my thing, math is not, so help me out. Ten camels, 20 gallons apiece, what's the sum of that? 200, right? 200. So think about that. 200 gallons of water. And let's just say, this, there's some assumption here, but you know, let's say that, that Rebecca had a five-gallon five jar. This bucket's five-gallon. Five gallons on her shoulder. Servant comes, hey, can I have a drink? Oh, here, have some water. Oh, by the way, I'll water your camels as well. So let's say that it was a five-gallon pitcher or jar that she had if if you're gonna have to if you're gonna have to get 200 gallons of water and you're doing it five gallons at a time how many trips is she gonna have to make to the well 40 oh thank you 40 I mean, think about it. So let's say let's say that the trough was close to the well and it was going to take her three minutes. Again, there's some assumption here. Three minutes every time to run to the well, get the water, run back to the camel, run to the well, get the water, run back to the... Let's say three minutes a trip. Forty trips, so it's two hours. Think about that. Not just here, you could have a drink. How many? That's pretty easy, right? 
Hey, here, you're not going to drink much. You can have a drink. But to say I'll water your camels as well, two hours of toting water from the spring to the trough, I mean, that's above and beyond. That's an above and beyond mentality. And again, this is a total stranger. I mean, it would be like, this would be like someone coming up to you and they need directions. And they, they say, hey, would you give me directions too? And you say, oh yeah, here's a direction. Oh, by the way, can I wash and wax your car? <laughs> Never met them before. Or let's say you're driving down the road, you see someone has a flat, a flat tire, they're on the side of the road, you stop to help them change the tire. So you're serving them by changing the tire, and you realize like all four tires are bald, there's no tread. You say, oh, not only do I want to change your tire, but if you'll go to Walmart, I'll buy you four new tires. Total stranger, never met them before. I mean, that's kind of what Rebecca does here. She has this above and beyond mentality. She's, she's willing to go the extra mile. You know, it's interesting. In Luke 5.29, this is what Jesus said. He says, if someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two. I was... To, to give the extra, to be willing to go. And, and as we live with that mentality, let me tell you what it does. If you live with an above and beyond mentality, it's going to transform your marriage. And some of you, uh, it's not that I've been peeking, but some of you have been struggling in your marriage because you've been holding out. You've been doing the minimum and you're wanting the maximum. And I'm telling you, it's not going to work. Just keep it up and a train wreck's about to happen. When we begin to live with this mentality of, I'm, I'm going to go the extra mile, it begins to transform our lives, our relationships, our home, our workplace. And it's in that way that people experience the reality of Jesus Christ when, when we're going the extra mile. And that's what I love about, about Rebecca's story. And what's, what's really clear in her story is that Rebecca was more concerned for others than she was for herself. I mean, if she had been concerned for herself, she certainly wouldn't have said, hey, I'll water your camels as well. If she had been concerned for herself, maybe she would have given the servant a drink of water, and then she would have went on to her house, because camels, 10 camels, 200 gallons, I mean, it would have been too much work. Obviously, she was more concerned for a man that she had never met before, a total stranger, than she was for herself. Therefore, she said, have a drink, and I'll take care of your camels as well. Can I, can I tell you what I think keeps us from serving others in this way? What keeps us from serving our mates, our family members, our peers in, in this way? Kind of the above and beyond extra mile. There, there's two obstacles. Two obstacles that get in our way. Um, it, it's, self and, it's self and sacrifice. First is self. One of the greatest challenges that keeps us from freely serving others is self. And we wouldn't admit this because we don't really want people to know, but we're really more interested in others serving us, not us serving others. In other words, we want to be served, not really so much interested in serving others. And we live in a culture today that says, hey, it's all about you. 
right? Protect you. Look out for you. Protect number one. Who's number one? Obviously you. You're so great. We're bowing to you because it's all about you. Until we get beyond self, we cannot freely serve others. Bottom line. The world says, look out for yourself. Jesus says, die to yourself. I think those are two really different statements. The second obstacle we have to move beyond if we're going to freely serve others is, is sacrifice. Oftentimes, we don't serve others because we don't want to do the work. We don't want to expend the energy. We don't want to pay the price. I mean, for Rebecca, it was like at least two hours of toting water. Haven't even know that's some work, some sacrifice. And because we don't want to sacrifice, we don't serve. Until we move beyond ourselves and we're willing to really sacrifice ourselves, until we come to that point, we really can't freely serve others. And Rebecca was more concerned about, about others than, than she was for herself. And, and as we look on in her story, what's interesting is because of her, her service, because of her willingness to serve, Rebecca got to step into a bigger story. In other words, her world got bigger through her simple act of service. It was through her camel watering experience that, that opened the way for her to become Isaac's wife. And again, as I mentioned earlier, if you study out the genealogy, she actually become a part, she, she became a part of the, of the lineage of, of Jesus Christ. It's interesting that as, as Rebecca left her family to go be Isaac's wife, her family spoke a blessing over her. If you were to look at verse 60, Genesis 24, this is what her family said to Rebecca. They said, our sister, may you increase to thousands upon thousands. May your offsprings possess the gates of their enemies. And what's interesting is that blessing became a reality. Because Rebecca married Isaac and they had two boys, Jacob and Esau. And Jacob, Jacob blessed uh, Rebecca with 12 grandsons. And those 12 grandsons became the leaders of the tribes of Israel. The 12 tribes of Israel were the 12 grandsons of Rebekah. Amazing. How through her small act, don't miss this, through her act of service, I'll give you a drink of water, I'll water your camels as well. It was that that enabled her to become a part of the bigger story of what God was doing. Listen, as you're willing to humbly serve others, not only are you going to be blessed, not only is God going to be honored, but you're going to become a part of a bigger story as God works through your life, through your service. I'm, I'm reminded of what D.L. Moody said. Great statement. He says, you may become too big for God to use, but you'll never be too small. That grace, you may become too big for God to use, but you'll never become too small. Listen, no act of service, no matter how small, is insignificant. It was Mother Teresa who said, you may not be able to do great things, but everyone can do 
small acts of kindness with great love. May that be true of our lives. That we would simply be available to serve, and through that, then God opens the way that we can be a part of a bigger story. If I had time, I could tell you a dozen stories that would illustrate this. But this is what I know. Listen, you don't have to work to be great. Just find a place to serve, and in that you'll become great. Because Jesus said the way to greatness is through serving others. So may individuals experience the reality of Christ in our lives as we serve. May it start in our marriages, in our homes, in workplaces, to our community, and to the world. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.